frames. It's it better. Be the ratings go up. Yeah. Our ratings might go up on YouTube. Once, once I listen the first few minutes, I'm good. I'm going to be in the back of the room listening. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So I won't be texting you all saying, you know, I'll have the phone, I'll see it, but I won't be doing anything. Yes, no worries. So if shit hits the fan, <laughs> pack some oyster rice. <laughs> I'll always pack some oyster rice. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to go, man. The uh, That was our fearless producer. Jason. Jason Powell. Jason Powell. The powerful Jason Powell. You can literally say the powerful Jason Powell because he looks freaking jacked. jacked hey, did you bring yeah. your gear? You got your training gear with you? I do not have my training gear. Oh, this is crazy. Sorry about You're breaking the tradition. Yeah. Every well, time somebody I comes got some on sweaty gym clothes in the car. I don't care. Is it yeah. gear or no gear? I don't even know tonight. But no, it's gear, right? You guys changed. I don't know. You guys went so and flipped oh, here and we go. fucking fifteen. It's been acting we're, we're, so we're now, I guess we turned. To, uh, we went from uh, Gracie Baja to Hendrick Gracie. I guess now we're tenth planet. We're tenth planet. Um, Set the guy that doesn't seen? even train anymore, but he's steady I complaining. I trained twice last week. Thank you very much. He. He doesn't train anymore, but he's steady complaining about our new schedule. You know why I don't train anymore? Because it's a shitty ass schedule. <laughs> God damn! Well, how much nogi do we need? How much so what do we, do we have? Uh, we have we still have three two ratio, right? Do we even have that? We got yeah. No, I, you got Mondays and and, and Wednesdays. That's it. Really oh, upset. and then Friday is yeah. There's a Friday nogi, right? But all, Friday is all day nogi. Yeah. Now we got Monday or is. Freaking Nogi 78, yeah. Wednesdays Nogi 78, Tuesdays Nogi 12. Excuse them that when you get of a certain age, um, Bullshit, it's difficult yeah. to deal with um, change. I told him he's like the old grumpy dude from Up. I am the old grumpy dude. He, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's my actually my life goals to be the old grumpy dude. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Up. You haven't oh, seen oh Up? Oh, God. Seen the, ins the other one with the. Uh, the inside out or whatever. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's super good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Angry. Mr. Angry's on yes. my desk at work. Dude, so. okay. that <laughs> is that's good. good movie. Up is better. Okay. Yeah, it's a little, a little bit of a tearjerker, though. So. A little bit. Yeah. First five minutes. Yeah, first five minutes <laughs> dude, are rough. Onions dude. are getting cut like crazy the first yeah, five minutes. I think oh. I've seen that one for sure. So, Are we going live at some we point? We are already live. So, he likes to do this. I like to just slip it in there. Yeah. Hashtag me too. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is yeah, we're live. This is episode seventeen. We have our old friend James Markle on. Thank you for coming, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So we've been knowing you for a decade. Jesus, yeah, man, it's been. I think y'all's first. I think your one of your first competitions was against James. Grappler's Quest. Yeah, you had yeah, the Mohawk. That was yeah. Yeah. in the red tap out shorts. Red, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and probably this what last year we came across. It popped up on my memories. It was yeah. He pulled it up, but then I was it like, was so he first thing he shit. told me was. Like, uh, I was like, dude, I was like, because I don't know how it came up, but he was like, I made a joke like, hey, man, I still have this match or something, because it was a picture that came up on Memories, yeah, and I was like, yeah. dude, I still got the video, he was like, please don't post it. <laughs> and so I went back and I found it, and sure shit, it's me and Marco standing there for like four minutes, nobody's throwing any takedowns, I'm just pushing on his face for five minutes, trying to figure that out, was like... Your move back then. Yeah, yeah you, know, you had learned a double leg. Yeah, the way you learned it, I think Force taught it to tap <clears> the head a couple of times and then, and then go. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was like as soon Literally. as you see Ronnie doing this, you know he's trying to set up his double leg. He's it still was to this so day, obvious. And James, and he must James not he still to this seen, day does it. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, okay, here comes the double leg. And he must not have seen much of me because I'm a very defensive wrestler. So it was <laughs> just like kind of staring at each other. For, was I coaching you on that one? I probably was. <laughs> we you were filming it. Um, because it was a shitty because it's like bouncing, around. yeah. For, like yeah. the video starts off with Jason looking into the phone, he's like, uh, I remember that. Uh, What yes. is, is this? The phone, how does this work? <laughs> then a phone call came in in the middle of our match. But you had one of those giant phones back then, those big, yeah, probably you did. always had like the hottest new technology. <clears throat> but like, uh, it's a funny match because, uh, literally, it's just 
we're staying there for the better part of five minutes. I think, I don't know if you shot finally or I shot. You ended up, all I know is we ended up in a scramble and uh, it was terrible, man. There's yeah. there's no highlights in this. <laughs> like, there's, when he said, please don't post it, there's, it's just one of those matches where you're just like, God damn, how bad did we suck, you know? But I will say, I probably <clears throat> competed in three or four divisions that day. You so, did because yeah. I know you. I know. <laughs> so I know. I went up tired. against you, and right before me, thank God, you had you had gone up against uh, Mitch Norton in Gi. Yeah, he yeah, was an elite guy. Yeah, you yeah. went up against him first. I thankfully, I think he wore you out for me. That yeah, that was so that yeah, it was a big like there was quite a few matches. That's yeah. what I always used to do. Try to still do it, compete as many as I can. You still compete a lot. Get, get as much you know mat time as possible. So, so what guy do you have a traditional background in, in just martial arts in general or uh, how judo. did you? So you do? Yeah. Okay. Judo, what? judo background. I was one of those that, like I was telling you earlier, I moved about every year growing up in high in grade school, high school. Um, so I never, I was always like the eternal white belt, like oh, always shit. moving different place to place. And then but you were that asshole white belt that was murking people, I, I bet, too. I, it wasn't my fault belt. they would give me a different belt. It was just, that's yeah. what it was. So, yeah, and, and just recently um, I have one of my uh, coaches, uh, Mac Perez, who's a judo black belt. And then uh, James Farinas, his dad's also in judo. He's just like a red and white belt. He's way the hell up there. Jesus. So I'm trying to get back into it traditionally, and I saw with uh, Fight to Wins doing, starting to add judo to it again. I saw so, that. They're going to have an old school yeah. rules judo match. Two judo That's the only match. kind of judo I do. This yeah. whole don't touch your legs bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no, like, it's like, it's like an old school mm. judo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I always, I always heard the old school is way more entertaining than what they do now, the watered down. Well, they tried to make it more watered down to make it more exciting because of some wrestling domination, again, like IBJJF did. And it kind of killed everything at the same time. So you lost that same aggressive drive. So I don't know. But all the judo that I do now, we still do even their forbidden techniques. We we still train everything. We we haven't taken anything out of anything I do. So uh, same with all the other stuff we do. So you started off in, in judo. We started off in wrestling. Wrestling, okay. I, I, it was, I can actually remember, I think it was in eighth grade maybe when I started judo. Um, and I was going against another kid who was already, like he'd been doing judo since he was like five. And we were doing re- regular wrestling takedowns. And he comes up and hits me with a tamona gay, which basically both feet in the, the stomach and flipped me over. And I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I'm like, kind of like when we all first kind of got into jujitsu, you're like, what was that? Yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't know what that was. So that's how I was like, man, I you gotta, I gotta figure out what this thing is, and that's how I got into judo. And then judo and wrestling, I just mit, max mit, put those together until uh, did all the way through college. And then once ever I got done with that, there was a little hiatus, and then got into MMA. So Damn, that's been a while. So how did you get involved in jujitsu though? Like how did how did that whole thing come to be? Getting beat up at Militich. No shit. So I could wrestle, you could take people down, and you had some other guys there that were better at, like, nogi. And next thing you know, wrestling, we're always usually scared of the lights, don't want to be on our back, and get rear naked choked. And you're like, this has got to stop. Mm-hmm. So that's how I really got into it. Yeah. as like, to advance MMA. And then I got it, and I was like, it's going to take more than a week or two to figure this <laughs> out. So we're going to – and then um, I trained nogi for probably at least two years two or three years solid nogi and then i started training traditional brazilian jiu-jitsu under hoger and actually got him back in a gi because he was a purple belt when we started and kind of helped him push forward to finish getting his black belt at the same time i'm like i'm you know i literally brought my gi in he didn't have his there and i'm like we're doing this 
So that's I, I'd like to take a little credit for starting it back over on our side of the school um, doing awesome. that. So that's how it was. I was like, it's like, well, we're doing MMA. We don't need the gi. It's like, well, maybe you. Uh, I need this, so I, I got to finish it up. So that's how I got into it. And it's been just probably four years ago is when I started kind of going out of gi again, doing no gi, MMA, stuff like that again. So kind of all falls together. And where does where does Professor Macaco fit into all this? How did that? So hold? that's that's a good story, um, and it's kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with the way you guys are talking about messing your schedule up and no gi and gi day. <laughs> so back when I was at uh, uh, Militich and then split off to Hogers, we had gi on. I'm trying to don't, don't get me lying here. I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays we had gi day, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday with no gi day, and Friday was sparring. So. Again, I said I wanted to get into the gi, and I was talking to uh, one of my friends. You guys might know uh, Jason Friedman. Mm-hmm. He had he was good friends with Lex Pappas at the time, or still is, and they were telling me about uh, Makako's gym. And I'm like, okay, I've heard the name. I know know who the guy is. Let me find out a little bit more where it's at. Um, I was living in A Leaf, and it was maybe three miles from my house. Yeah, and it was one of those things. You're like, this. How long has this guy been here? Yeah, like, yeah. and I've been driving past this yeah. and didn't know because they had horrible media. Like, they, there was no real social media presence, and um, same that happens with a lot of really good gyms that people don't hear about because nobody puts the word out there. Yeah. Um. So went over, uh, went in and talked to uh, to George, and uh, me and him were like the same size. That was like the first like, oh, this is really cool because Sam's about six foot four maybe. And usually walked around at 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And 300 pound black belt, often really fun to roll with. Mm. Um, not. not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so George fit my yeah. build perfectly. And me and him, the more like the the more we sit down and talk, the more we know. Like we're we're from the same cloth. So I was like same background, same judo, everything like that. And I was like, Matt, this is really cool. Um, so when do you guys have training here? He's like every day. Um, okay, let me rephrase that. When do you have gi training? Monday. Wednesday, Friday. Really? Because I'm training Tuesday, Thursday right now. I'd like to get all five days in. Um, let me go back and talk to my coach. Uh, I'm all very traditional coming from that background to make sure it's cleared from both parties that, hey, I currently train at this gym. Right. I want to train over here with you. I don't want to cut my affiliations or anything. Um, is that cool? And both parties agreed to it. And so there was James training gi five days a week. So that's how I got back into gi and really hard and heavy into it um and then i end up transitioning as so i came over to makako's as a blue belt um and over at hogers it was kind of everybody was there training had really good training partners but everybody kind of started flaking out not everybody would show up and it'd be kind of like it is some days that you know your jam you it's like you and whoever shows <laughs> yeah, up and you're yeah. like i'm sitting here like y'all don't show up i guess i'm gonna be shrimping the rest of the damn day yeah. and i'll get really good at that so um I'm, I'm used to that so i'm like i'm gonna stick it out and um and then I talked to George, and I was like, hey, man, um, it's really close to my house. I'm paying tolls to get up and back back to uh, our old gym down in Richmond or on uh, Richmond Avenue because um, it was downtown. I don't know if you guys know where the old gym was at. It was right off of Westheimer and, like, Galleria area oh, and wow. A-Leaf. So, I mean, I was making that drive and um, just to train. And I was like, I don't, I don't really need to do that. I can yeah. stay here. It kind of makes sense. And the bigger advantage I had was Macaco was the same size as me. So I was like, that, that helps me out a bunch. And then, mm-hmm. so I transformally over to his team, and I asked, came up to that whole, um, what do I do now? I'm a blue belt. I'm at a new school. Uh, do I give up my belt? Do I, you know, it's like, should I be, do I, am I Europe blue belt standard under you? 
And I asked him this about two weeks into training there because, you know, you roll guys and you're like, man, these guys are really good. I don't I don't think this shit holds up. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I said, so, so, George, here's the question I want to ask. Should I, am I worthy of wearing a blue belt? And he goes, buddy, you're fine. You're killing everybody. Yeah. I was like, I, it didn't seem like that to me. He goes, no, you're just learning gi. You, you have the blue belt techniques, your MMA, your wrestling. Very good. I was like, okay. So some of the stuff transitioned. So then ever since then, been under him since a blue belt. So, and his first American black belt, which was something I, I had a goal had set to try to get my black belt before I was 40 and managed to do it when I was 39. So Jeez, just right on 38 the or 39. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know you were his first American black belt. That's yeah. really cool. I did. Well, whenever I was training with him, I asked him when I was a purple belt, I was like, how many Americans do you have? And uh, he's like, Texas, you guys. <laughs> and because uh, they had a school in New Jersey. Um, he trained there. He ran the school. And then Plino, I believe it was Plino Cruz that took it over. So he had promoted people to black belt, but they're all Brazilian in the United States. He had mm-hmm. never promoted an American. So I was his first. Angelus is his second. Um, so that that's pretty much. And I don't try to think of anybody that's on the radar yet. I mean, we don't have anybody close yeah. behind that's trained under George. Um, that's to that, that level. It's pretty cool. I, I thought it was really cool, and then um, until I actually go outside of this area and wear my black belt and have the gold team logo, and you're gonna go into like other schools, and they're like, "Oh, this is a Macaco black belt," and you're like, "I don't know what that means," other than the YouTube video of that asshole down in Florida <laughs> walking around saying he's a Macaco black belt, and Ruben oh, Alvarez found him out. Man, I remember so, that. And that that was uh, we can table that, and I'll bring that up here in just a second but um yeah so i whenever i went out to world masters two years ago i went out to um at that same time there's a little little internal hiccups in gold team where some of the guys left to a different team that was another he's a fourth degree black belt and um still they look the same to me it's just it kind of got into politics as to why they split up Mm -hmm. but at that time uh one fight team still a gold team um I still train out there with those guys. They're very, very cool. And uh, so I went out there and wanted to get some training in. I'm out there, a gold team. So one of the couple of the other guy, I believe it's Fernando Lopez or Lopes, he is one of Macaco's original training partners, mm-hmm. like from way back when. And uh, he was there, and he was talking to the black belt that's in charge there, Leandro, and brought in about five of his friends, of which one of his friends was Roberto Godai's brother, who were Godai and Makako were like together until they had that big falling apart. And those are the two that, I mean, they literally tried to kill each other several times. So here I am in the middle of all this shit um, with the only person with a gold team logo on and these G13 guys are there. And I'm like, Oh, I know that from, mm, yeah. Drama from BJJ. And they were absolutely amazingly respectful to everything. Mm -hmm. And then that's what they're telling him. And I was like, He's like, yeah, we were younger, kind of crazy. And that's what I found out from when I talked to um, Half when he was here and when I've talked to the guys over at the uh, Half Gracie gym mm-hmm. in San Francisco um, because the same thing with high-end and Macaco. So it's like time's passed. I don't know if their wounds have all healed up, but they're very respectful to everybody because yeah. they know, like they said, they keep each other ready. That's that's the whole reason. Dude, speaking of Half Gracie, so. yeah. well, we didn't get to this last week, <laughs> but Half Gracie uh, knocking out two – his two front teeth. Uh, what's his name? Baseball guy. Yeah, Almeida. Isn't isn't his name? Flavio Almeida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knocked out Flavio Almeida's two. Fr- have you seen the video? Yeah, yeah. I watched the video. Uh, what is this? What is this about? Like, I still haven't figured what the beef is about. 
that I I I hadn't heard anything else. This is what I, and again, this is just what I read. That the beef is, and I again, this oh, is I'm I only reading know. secondhand information. And you tell yeah. me because this is what I heard. That in San Francisco, apparently Half has like the, the the market cornered on BJJ, and that supposedly they were gonna bring in a, um, a they wanted to open up a Gracie Baja, mm -hmm. and I don't I, I don't know the proximity. I don't know if it was gonna be like down the street from him, but my understanding from what I heard and read was that Half took exception that this is my city. Like you don't bring jujitsu to San Francisco. I am jujitsu in San Francisco. That's kind of what I heard. Is that kind of so kind of very similar? If the guys don't know how big San Francisco is, very small, small area, right? So if you rewind about eight months ago, maybe maybe wasn't quite that far back when Kurt Osiander and how yes yeah separated yeah. ways, and there was a bunch of back and forth, and I'm family friends with Kurt, and he's lives with my brother's neighbor kind of thing, and when Kurt opened up his gym, which Kurt really helped develop both. I mean, they've been out there 20 some years. So those students were just as much Kurt's as they was house when they separated him. And, um, uh, I can't think of his name right now, opened up empire jujitsu, which is Kurt's school, mm -hmm. maybe three blocks, four blocks away. Oh, that's a big fuck. You so, right there. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it's my area. Why am I moving? Yeah. If you want to kick me out? Well, fuck you. Yeah. So again, Kurt's the kind of guy I'll say that. So now you've got, and there's, if you look on Google maps, you'll see all the different jujitsu jiu-jitsu schools in that area a lot of them are inconsequential but uh, you guys know when gracie baja moves in they bring everybody with them yeah. they have a lot of funding to help out so you add that on top of the mix yeah i believe that's kind of how the story evolved but the point of it is is if you already know that there's going to be an issue with with half and he's from me to you and he doesn't like me yeah you damn sure know he's not gonna come up and say how's your day going yeah, yeah. so they're like oh he just jumped i'm like bro no, 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 no. Well, I would have loved <laughs> to have heard that conversation right before he just. Oh, yeah. Just the, the fact perfect he, shot right Yeah, the mouth, fact he was you know? talking to him meant he was telling him something serious. Yeah. And he had to explain it. Because from what Georgia told me about the old Gracie Makako days, it was like, we see each other, we're fighting. So if they had to come up and talk to you, there was something they wanted you to make sure you heard before they smashed your face in. So, Dude. Yeah. Uh, and it was like not just one shot. It was like he was hitting him as he's going down. Yeah. I mean, that was old school. Yeah. And that's the difference between old school and like new school where, like you say, if even I would dare say you did that in Houston back when you guys were at Elite and we were over at Military and the rest of that. If you would have done that to our professor, sure as shit, those bleachers would have been cleared. Yeah. And there would have been a full-on riot. Yeah. The rest of these guys are like, oh, I don't want to get sued. I don't want to do that. Yeah. None of that crossed our minds. Well, it was funny is none of the matches stop. No. Oh, no. Like, they no. Just, <laughs> How Gracie is pummeling yeah. Flavio Almeida right there, yeah. and nobody notices. Everybody's I can't believe there was the only, like, one video of it. You're yeah. like, it's incredible. how do you, like... You can't do anything without You'll somebody never, catching I wish, I mean, That's what I'm saying. And but it's if at you Nogi watch it, Worlds. It's at Nogi Worlds. It's not like at a small mm -hmm. competition. It's at a major fucking event. Yeah. That's the very odd thing is that you would have thought there would have been multiple videos that surfaced. And I have yet to see just that <laughs> one weird angle. And I'm going to go back to with, well, Henzo Gracie, Half Gracie, big school. Gracie Baja, big school. There mm. may have been videos and be like, boys, we're not sharing these. Maybe. And it's the rogue person those, out there. Like, like, someone like Cap Gracie, yeah. yeah he, Trying to get yeah, my likes up on my gram. guy. Like, when he was here, very, he, he was, you know, he's doing a seminar, so he's friendly demeanor, but 
you can see it. Like, you know, I, you never want to cross the line the, with that, that individual. I came to his seminar, and that was the first thing I had to address when I was there. Again, the only guy in the room wearing a gold Team Macaco logo. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, just wanted to let you know who I am, where I come from. Yeah. I asked my coach if I could come down here. Um, he said, you are a very good instructor, um, kind of friends from way back sort of thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was really cool with it. So that's so those guys, like I said, they're not inhuman. But well, he it, almost it, reminds it, me of like an old school mobster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, 100%. you know, he's got freaking bodies buried all over oh, the yeah. place. <laughs> but he's nice to your face. But, man, you cross him. Yeah, you him, cross him. Yeah, him you're no, going to be digging very, your grave. Very thin line probably right yeah. there. And you're like, yeah. oh, let's just keep it Jeez. real professional-like. So, that was nuts. Um, so you going up to him and introducing yourself, was it just because of the old beef or because of the thing from Florida with the fake macaco no, 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 no. Well, that had nothing to do with it. It's the respect thing that I wanted to show to him as a, 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 essentially – like a lot of people come in, oh, our school doesn't like so-and-so, our school doesn't like so-and-so, you know, they'll yeah. say stuff like that, or we have, you know, like, it's it's more prevalent kind of in no-gi than it is in gi, like just different school beefs kind of thing. But with this, this is like deep-rooted where it could be, I mean, there's some people that I know of that if you ask, hey, can I go to some, hell no. Yeah. Or can this guy come to my seminar when I'm in town? No. Do not bring him here. Do not get, let him in the building. Wow. If I see him, I'm whooping his ass. Jesus. I've had that conversation with Macaco, and I was like, I'm okay. not going to let that guy come in here. <laughs> and it was like, so now we've established that. If he shows up at the door, uh, he's on the li- he's not on the list. Make sure he does not come inside. Because if he comes inside, the door's going to close. Camera's going to go off. <laughs> furniture's going to be moved. So, Shit. And, and I, I, like I said, I respect that. Because there's, you know, it's not hidden. It, it's the one thing when you say something, and then you do something, and you, the person turns around. Um, this stuff's mm-hmm. all out there, yeah. and they'll tell you that. Jesus. Like I said, me and him are very similar in certain ways. So that's why I said, we, the more I talked to him, the more stuff I was like, yeah, like you like to keep everything above board. And if somebody is going to treat you bad, then that's where they're at. They don't, don't need to come so back. Remind so remind me the deal in Florida again with the, with the Macago. Some, cr- so there was a video. Right? I remember Alvarez. I remember the video like, and there's a video, right? Yeah. There, there's a video, video and it, it's Ruben Alvarez. And basically, and I talked to, to um, so I talked to him messaged him at the same time like when this came out i immediately messaged him um somehow we had become um, friends on uh facebook before that mm-hmm. and i don't remember what it was um but i saw it and i was like dude i'm messaging him. hey you know i'm a macaco brown belt um can you george actually lives in florida right now um i'm pretty sure he would be upset to see this or he'd be you know there would be it maybe not upset I remind um, everybody what he did again. So he walks into a school wearing a black belt and just couldn't even perform them. So he couldn't do any of this regular tests. Couldn't hip escape right. He couldn't perform like armbar. He just basically was a no-trained person wearing a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Of all the sports you can fake, jiu-jitsu probably not the easiest one to right, pull off. Right. Even if you've watched 20 hours of video. Mm-hmm. We know when you grab somebody. You can tell. You can tell if they train, right? Yeah. I got sandbagged when I was at uh, Juan Fight Titan one fight team with a uh, fifth degree black belt that used to train with Makako because he came out there to world masters to have fun. He didn't come to train. He didn't come out to do anything. His guys drug him into the gym with him. And so they had a white belt and a gi to throw on. He's like, you're gonna come train with us tonight. That was the first guy I went against. And I was like, no way this dude's a white belt. <laughs> <So> I was <laughs> I like, oh, fucking luck of the draw, I man. So, but he's, he's, and he had no cauliflower ears. That's the other crazy thing. And I was like, so this guy, bottom. yeah, he's not on bottom. He's going to, he, he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. So, um, 
that that was so whenever this guy came into um it was uh black house mma or black house where ruben was at i believe at the time he just called him out he's like you know as a black belt this is disrespectful and take it off you don't need to be in here and a lot of people have been upset about you know they said well that's he handled it you know fairly good but i would have done such and such. He, he went off on him pretty good he went off on him pretty good and they told that you know he goes there's something mentally wrong with this guy and i'm like of all the gyms you could have picked you picked our gym to make them and like i said again i was at the brown time uh brown belt at the time it was not a black belt now that i'm a black belt different story um we do and you can go on youtube and go and type in it's under actually the old one godai samurai test which used to be godai Makako. Makakos, I don't think we've ever, we filmed one of them, but it's, I know it's not on the internet, um, during the samurai test, which like white, blue, purple, brown, you have set number of moves you have to show kind of like a regular kata. Like you have to go through, show us this technique, show us that technique. Um, so you could go into any gold team and ask, or uh, we as an a black belt could go in there and be like, okay, make sure you show this technique. And we all do it the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can have your own variations. But for belt testing, there's like a standard menu you should be able to choose from. Um, and I, I like that. But that's not saying if you know all these moves, you're going to be a purple belt or a brown belt. There's all kinds of other criteria. But that checklist does not vary. Um, so as a black, for the black belt test, that doesn't exist. There's just you put your time in. You know the techniques. Show up uh, this time and date. We're going to train. And that's about three hours, three and a half hours. Yeah, I heard about ancelists. Yeah. So you're go you're going to go to sleep. Uh, you're There's no tapping. So you can you can try to tap, and it'll be worked into a choke, and you'll wake up and probably have vomit and puke on you. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? So I can see a lot of people that are like, there's no way I'm doing that. Like, yeah. this isn't happening. Um, I think we talked about it. You guys have brought it up on one of the other podcasts. Is about, oh, it was that purple a blue belt that was choking the white belt out yeah down in brazil <clears throat> so that looked very similar to what we would call a samurai test way easier very similar one thing you'd never ever do is a lower belt it would be a black belt performing okay you have so much experience i mean i could choke you out and know when to, let go, when to yeah. let go right blue belts have no fucking clue they can <laughs> say what they want they have no clue yeah um it's just not supposed to happen and at the same time the white belts drag in none of that happens so um it's that whole thing like i said there's a time and place for it that is not it so if it's at a samurai like our samurai test yeah that's going to happen in a lot worse um so i totally can agree with part of it but that other part that was on there that's why i was saying i was like i do not at all agree with you that would be like me coming into my school tonight because i'm not teaching i have another person teaching and seeing them do that Mm -hmm. There would be some furniture moved, right? <laughs> so it, we right. would we would handle that shit in house. Yeah. Um, so I hundred uh, percent don't condone what they had done there. Yeah. So, but that's what I was saying. So, but now as a black belt, if I had somebody come into my school, that was it would be stupid to come into my school and say you were a Magaco black belt because we know pretty much all of them. Right. But if it was somebody else, like if I came over to Brian's, yeah, and said it, and he called me, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's I, you know, I haven't heard anything real recently with some fake black belts, but there was like a little bit of period of time where it seemed like they were always popping up. Yeah, there was yeah. these videos popping up, these fake black belts popping up. And I haven't seen any more recently. And maybe the words got out like, hey, don't you're get called out yeah. real yeah. fucking quick. Well, that's that's why I'm like when I got my black belt, it was always like you never feel like you, you've earned it. It's like I, I feel like I need. <sighs> so true. The, it's like I'm a white belt all over again. But the one thing that 
most all black belts should have in common is like respecting the system. Mm -hmm. So that you can know all the moves you can, you can be unsubmittable or you can get submitted all the time. It doesn't matter, but the respect thing should always be there. And that's, that's what I think those other schools would show. So like when you come into another school and try to do that, like you're taking honor away from everybody that's ever worked for it, including like, it's even more disrespectful, I think to the lower belts. Cause they're like, you know, they're always, they're always eager after that next stripe or that next belt. And you're, here's this asshole who just put on a belt and walked into my class. Yeah. Totally tried to ignore everything that was out there. Yeah. So yeah. Or promote yourself. Remember that guy promoted himself online yeah, to the purple belt. Yeah. I believe, no, he promoted himself to black belt, didn't he? No, I think he, he was, a, I think he went to, he's, I think he promoted himself to I purple or to a, brown. It was one of those. black belt. He wasn't that crazy. Belt. He said some, he had this, remember he had the yeah, speech. Yeah, he had the whole yeah. speech. And I don't need yeah. another man to dictate what that my was, level that is. That was some good stuff. Was yeah, like, yeah wow. that dude got Because he looked like a freaking long haired hippie. Because I remember the, um, the owner of that school wasn't in town when that happened. And then he posted up about after was like, first of all, we don't do that. You know, he's no longer affiliated with us. Yeah. They get, no, you don't want that kind of publicity, man. Like, dude, could you imagine? Could you imagine Brian? He didn't like a lot of competition, but I could definitely see, oh, he would just be like, oh, we've been out of town. We've been out of town at competitions before. And then some drama pops up and he's just like, oh. That's like, something you guys I see should, his head just like no. You guys should not do that the next town. time. Just have give everybody troll a new belt. We should no, troll just him. all new belts for like everybody coming. We should in. troll him when he's out. Yeah, he's out of town like every other weekend. We should do like a troll <laughs> and just like fake <laughs> fake belt promotions. Yeah, come all back. Right. Uh, I say it was I'll, Ronnie. It was Ronnie's no, idea. No, because he'll believe it was me. So you, don't, you damn right, I believe it. I get Mike to play there. along too because you're on Mike's bad side Shit. right now. So. Mike felt that these guys needed promotion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's throw Mike another bus. Yeah. He's a big guy. He can protect himself. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Oh, I loved it the first time. Whenever I, I think it was the second time he came over there. And, Rolling. Yeah, I've been. I'm old. And I've been out of it for a while. Oh, that, that's <laughs> you already got that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, give me a wrist. <laughs> yes, man. The first time he wrist locked me like three, four times. The first time I rolled with him, and I was like, what? I mean, Luckily, you start getting it where you just you do that little raptor yeah. thing. You're just like T Rex and everything. Like, no, no, just don't touch my hands. Man, luckily he's choking I, you. People had already kind of were like, hey, man, if you if you roll with him, be careful. You know. Watch your watch man. He loves wrist locks. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, because I love wrist locks too. So I was like, all right. <laughs> But I kind of avoided him for like about a week or two, and I wanted to. I just kind of watched him up peripherals to see kind of what he was doing. And the first time I rolled with him, like he went, to, he played seated, and I grabbed his pants, and I waited for him to reach, and I was like, boom, there it is, and I fucking tried to pass. I got past, at least I thought I was past, and then all of a sudden it just got dark, and his long ass leg <laughs> comes over and winds into my arm, and I'm like, oh shit! And before I can react, boom, he fucking swept me. He did submit me, but all I could think of was, fuck it. I don't give a shit what it is, but not a wrist like anything. <laughs> but and so my first row with him, I survived. He, I th I'm sure he tapped me out, but it wasn't a wrist lock. And then that was like the only time I had success. Every time after that, it's just been like bloop bloop bloop. <laughs> Fuck it, man. But I love rolling with them. But yeah. I learned the hard way. Like um, I remember when I joined, um, you know, the gym I was previously at. I started as a white belt, and I had there was a lot of older dudes, like you know, older older guys, and same belt level. Hey man, you know, let's take it easy. You know, I'm older and this. And as soon as you fucking slap hands, it was like full on tackling, like just, <laughs> and it was like, or you'd have the guy that was like, hey, I'm man, I'm injured, blah, 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 blah. And then it was like amazing how when they got to a dominant position, they were just fine. But the minute you reversed them, it was like, whoa, whoa, like, wait a minute. Now. You know, like, yeah. hey, I thought, I told you my back is so, injured. So like, do yeah. you think it's wrong? So I, I'll be honest, I, I will admit to this. I do this when, I, when I'm rolling with a young guy. 
first thing I'll say is, hey, man, kind of an old guy, so just take it easy on me. Don't beat me up too bad, right? And I'm, like, trying to get them to relax a little bit before we get into it. And then, of course, I'm like, I want to fuck you up, you <laughs> 25-year-old punk, you know? Um, is that, uh, you think that's bad? Think it's faux pas? Should no, be doing it? the opposite. Y'all do anything ha- I, like that? Well, I don't no. know if I do something like that or it just I look like I'm hobbled every time I walk around, but people are like, are you okay? What's hurt? Like yeah. every time I roll, I'm like, yeah, I get asked that a lot too. Fuck, I'm fine, bro. <laughs> I'm like, but your 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 like knee looks like it's hurting. No, it's good. We'll just don't, don't, yeah. don't worry about it. And then they'll go to attack it, and I was like, I told you it's fine, man. I'm just old. The shit gets broke. <laughs> well, yeah, walk so around I tell it, yeah. people ask me if I'm injured, I go, look, man, been training like 11 years. I'm 47 yeah, years old. Everything hurts. Let's just roll. Don't worry about yeah. it. Let's just roll. Just I'll tap. Just don't worry about it. Just do your <laughs> thing, man. Just do your yeah, thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't normally make an announcement especially when it comes to injuries just because i always feel like there's no fucking winning there like if i tell you hey man um my elbows you know my elbows jacked or whatever i feel like now i've taken away from your role now yeah. you feel you're you're, you're you don't really especially a lower belt because they don't know how if you tell a black belt that you can still have a decent role but if you tell a lower belt that either i've seen two things happen one they just get all gun shy and they don't even want to engage because they're terrified they're going to hurt you. And then I've all seen the opposite where some assholes will literally just go right for that fucking injured, yeah. you know, and I, it's I've like, you fucking asshole, way. like, really? Mm-hmm. And so I normally feel like, fuck it, if I'm injured, it's I'm at my own risk and I feel like I decided to come on the mats so I will do what I have to do to protect myself. But I don't want to take away from your role by telling you watch this out of the other because it, I feels like feels like now they're limited or if you go after it if I tell you and you go after it I've got a fucking problem with that now it's like we're gonna turn this shit up a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like if you purposely went after something that's injured I'm gonna get in your ass real good about that one you know that's, so I, I normally just kind of don't say much about anything when I, it comes to an injury. I last time I said something it was when I was rolling with George and. I said something along the lines of like, cause you, you know, you go, you'll be no gi or gi, and you kind of, I call it like TV position, when I'm like laying back and I got my hand back. It's kind of like you're sitting on the floor, like watching TV, right? Yeah. And I'll put my hand back and pray, uh, brace off the mat. And a lot of times, if it's sweat or whatever, and your thumb gets kind of hyperextended, right? Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I hurt it. I mean, it popped, that dislocated, and I put it back in its place, and it was like, man, this fucking hurt. Like I thought I stretched kind of the ligaments a little bit too far. And I told George, I was like, man, I, I kind of hurt my thumb. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go tape it. I'm gonna just take it easy for. It. And he's like, it's okay, buddy. It's, it's fine. You keep going. He show, and then he shows me his hand. He's got like a scar from the middle of his forearm all the way to his thumb, where they reattached the ligaments from his during his one of his fights. And then we showed, he showed me the fight later on. I mean, he like breaks his thumb in like the, it was the first or second round. The shit's dangling off, and he finishes the fight like that. And I'm like. I feel fine. I'm like, yeah, yeah, really never mind. Let's I'm go. not gonna, not gonna bring anything else up because with shit like that, I mean, he's the guy's got like a rib popped out. He's got old school pictures you guys see around probably with the duct tape around his knees, like holding his ACLs together. You're yeah. like, I'm not gonna complain. I'm just gonna keep going, and that that's kind of how I brought. I mean, if it's something obviously makes a pop noise, sound something like that. Okay, let's see if the guy's okay, and then if he is, you know, then be careful when they're rolling because a lot of time adrenaline's going, you don't end up hurting yourself or you end up hurting yourself more, mm-hmm. right? So I'm very cognizant of that. Um, it's, but it's the other people I'll tell them, you know, kind of kind of stop or I'll, I'll watch it and I'll kind of pull people apart. I, my training partners and stuff mm-hmm. and students and things like that. But So how long you have, you got, you, so then what you do is Unity Martial Arts? So my my school is Marco Gold Team or Marco Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, okay. which is my program. 
I'm in, I'm located, we're co-located inside of Unity Martial Arts. Oh, okay. So Sky Wood owns Unity Martial Arts, and Sky's Sky's a super cool guy. He has been in Taekwondo since he's like a small kid. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad originally started it. His dad passed away a couple of years ago. He took over the program, mm-hmm. and he's been running the Taekwondo program really well. He has, I mean, he's got close to 300 students, something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a big school. It's not it's not a little bit little bitty school. And yeah, that's that's his that's his baby. Um, and so several years ago, he got bo- bored of Taekwondo. He's like, it's just it's boring. I'm getting burned out of it. I've been doing it 20 years. I can see that happen. So he got really into jujitsu, mm-hmm. like like watching it. Like he's like, I want to start teaching this at my school. And he had a couple other guys that had came through and tried to help him out. But um, part of the same problem with having lower belts is a lot of times they don't have the dedication to the martial arts that a black belt would have. Um, at least in jujitsu, right? Because we put in quite a bit of time. And usually, if a person's a brown belt or a black belt, and they say, "Hey, w- w- I'll be there." You can pretty much count on them showing mm-hmm. up. So when I met him, I was a brown belt at the time, and I was like, "Yeah." Um, actually, I saw it from uh, Don Scott Davis's post. Is he was tra- him and another guy was training at Unity, and I'm like, "Where the hell is Unity at?" And I had just happened to move out to where I'm at now in Rosenberg, or Richmond, Rosenberg. I live right on the, the line there, and uh, I was like, "Where's this place at?" Turns out it's like right on my drive home, about it's a in mile. Richmond. It's we're actually now in Great. Well, we're in Richmond, but right at Greatwood. So it's fifty nine and ninety nine where the, the school is located mm-hmm. at. Not it's probably straight line about five miles from Henzo's, but we're down. So it takes about mm-hmm. fifteen minutes to get there. Um, so we're close, but not that close. Um, but anyways, he had posted at their training there. I was like, "Where's this place at?" I'm gonna kind of swing by because if you guys are doing jujitsu. And it was like an off night. We didn't have training. Um, George had already left uh, to move to Orlando at the time, I believe, right around, right around the same time when I was teaching at the old gold team location. Um, so we did. I wasn't doing uh, gi that night, and they just had a, a no-gi night. And I was like, well, I'll swing by. And I swung by, and then I saw it. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool place. And we were in this much smaller location. It was about maybe 1,400 square foot of mat space. But it worked for Taekwondo. Everybody's in lines. They go back and forth. And... Um, had the old traditional style mats, but um, it worked. And uh, started talking to Scott. And I was like, "You guys, you guys have a program here?" And he goes, "Well, Scott helps teach, and we have other people come in." And I was like, "Man, I'd like to come up here and train with you guys." And he's like, "Shit, you're a brown belt. That's cool." If you and we started talking, and he's like, "Hey, man, if you want to kind of start something, go ahead." And um, I did. Uh, started my own little program there. And actually, that's where I received my black belt. That we had the samurai test there at the. At yeah. The, at the Sky get to watch that. Um, Sky was out of. T- actually, he did. He was watching it on the surveillance camera. <laughs> but uh, the like, we, and so <laughs> this, now we know there's video of it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I never mm. thought of it because yeah. I definitely. What's Sky's number? I <laughs> yeah. Because I, I definitely. You can ask a few of my guys, like Chris Hill. He was there. Um, I definitely used strikes to try to escape from chokes. And yeah. Those don't work. They don't work when it's applied right. You just go right <laughs> on the fuck out. So, um, anyways, I uh, got my black belt, and then we got we got quite a few students. I had prob- probably like fifteen students, something like that, with my program, right? And I was like, we're only able to do this. We had to go around the Taekwondo schedule, so we're that's part of the other reason we only had so many mm-hmm. students. So we were doing like Monday, Wednesday, and I think that was it. And then maybe Tuesday, Thursday, they'd have another little class. Mm-hmm. So I end up moving to a little shed essentially it was like an out it's right off of 762 and i was there for about maybe almost a year close to a year 
Um, but it was my place, my own little spot. I can open up whenever I wanted. And I did had classes basically Monday through Friday, which on top of a full-time job being an engineer takes a shit ton of time out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Chris Hill helped me out tremendously by coming in, help me teach classes and, um, Scott helped. And then now I got, uh, James Hyan, um, helping me out also. So, um, but we ended up, uh, kind of at the time Sky and I were looking to either buy some property or find a location anywhere from 4,000 to 10,000 square feet. And we found a pretty good location, but this guy named Aaron Slater from Relentless hmm. snuck in and got got scoot. Well, he didn't really sneak in. He kind of found his first and scooped up his his that, spot, that his current spot right now. I'm like, you zombie. And well, there's one across the street that had the property, but no building. And it yeah. was like, but we don't have. It's a good spot for what Aaron has. It works mm -hmm. great because he has a big online presence, right? Um, but we still need kind of that drive-by traffic to kind of pick them up because we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's not a lot of places out there. And I, every time people come into my class, I was like, how the hell did you find me? <laughs> like, that was my big question because I'm like, I don't have a lot of advertisement out here, um, and you just happen to stumble upon me, so I have to f find out how you got here. But um, my location at that little shack, I actually had people, every time I would have class, I would probably have three or four people stop by. So you'd be teaching class, oh, got a question. So it, it, it was working. I could see that, that the location is good. And then we end up finding the spot where we're at now, which is near the uh, Sitco Plaza Anytime Fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and it was 4,000 square feet with a quarter acre in the back of it, which we're developing right now to an outdoor training area. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It, you do like we CrossFit have a, type stuff? No. Or? Well, sort of. But we've got what we have is a 30-foot octagon, uh, Muay Thai cage. Bags. Oh, it's traditional outdoor, like outdoor training area. That's gonna be really cool. Yeah, man. it'll be sweet. How do you protect it from like the elements though? Like, it's it overhang, so it's it's basically like a shed with no walls. That's kind of avoids all the city oh, issues. Cool. Who else has got uh, some stuff like that? They're, I've seen online. I think uh, what's his name and in... I've seen some places like that where they have outdoor have cages and massive yeah. outdoor, but just with the shed cover. The humidity kind of gets you, but we're, and then we'll have to do some mosquito netting and some other stuff to kind of help it a little bit nicer. But I like it, the concept work. of it. It, especially here, man, it gets hot and sweaty and it's the same outside as in. Yeah, it's kind of nice to be outside though. Yeah. Like, there's something about that. That's yeah. So that, that's our new, it. our new location. We've got almost 3000 square foot of mat space. Um, I have a dedicated area where I can do my jujitsu at. Um, and then basically after eight o'clock at night, cause our classes go from seven to nine for the adults after eight o'clock, I get the entire gym pretty much. So, um, it works out really well That's pretty and cool. it's a mile from my house. So that's, oh, the, best part. that's <laughs> the best part right there. Well, that, what was funny is whenever Brian was living over by us, he had to drive past my house, past my gym to yeah, get to his gym us. and come back. And I was like, yeah. Well, the wife, he probably appreciates that too. Cause you're, yeah, my wife is probably, my, she is by far my biggest support and sponsor for everything. Cause I mean, what I, one day eventually maybe I'll get her to train more jujitsu. Like we've been together for over 10 years now and she's still a white belt. She's been on the mat like three <laughs> times. The real test it's, to be in a black belt is if you can actually pull that shit off if you haven't met him on the mat. It's true, but That's you know, it's true. It's, it's funny how you see some wives just, their, yeah. their husbands are running gyms and they're You're just like, like the yeah, difference yeah. is my, my wife is, she fits the mold. She is a college athlete. She played lacrosse, soccer, rugby. So she's got that she, competition she's background. She's an she has a well her competition background is she's an equestrian horse. I mean, she's been she's won world championships. She's amazing at riding horses. Also her legs are extremely strong. She she can like tap me out by just close guard and just squeezing and, Ooh, and that takes a lot. 
that's the same stuff you're like oh i would never tap to that yeah mm, you find the right person it'll happen. <laughs> um but when she gets she does put her gi on she'll come she'll train with me and charlotte my daughter so that helps um but she's actually kind of got some natural skills to it i'm like why don't you want to and she loves muay thai she likes striking and i was like why don't you do this and you're like oh, i don't it's sweaty and i don't like that and i'm like so just from the self-defense aspect of it i go how do you think i would feel if somebody attacked you she's like well you know and i'm like you know being raped isn't fun i don't want to ever say that to anyone that, that ha hope that happens to you but i'm like at the same time there's a few of my students, my female students, that if anybody ever tried to do it, I would hope somebody had a camera because that shit would go tragically wrong on the other guy's yeah. behalf. Yeah. So it would be like you had an intention and it how'd that work out? Like yeah. I got my ass kicked. Yeah. So that's what I'm always pushing for my wife. I'm like, I want you to train for self defense aspect of it. Yeah. So but uh kinda got off on a tangent there. But no, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because like since you're talking about family, I saw your recent post about Charlotte and tell did you see did you read the post I about his so. daughter? Tell okay, about so it, it's even better. It, it, like, <laughs> it was so I get, when I, I get a, um, I get a call. What was it? The call the first time. It was a note from oh, the teacher. I did see that. This. My but go ahead my, and tell my, the story because it's a good story. Yeah. So my daughter story. evidently, um, there was some. So the, from what we heard is that she was, she had hurt. The, the teacher's note said Charlotte had been involved in an incident at school, and that. Um, she had hurt some boys and that was about it. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Um, can I get some more details on this? So, uh, the next, so we asked Charlotte when we came home, what happened? And she's like, well, I, I don't want to talk about it. She like kind of shut up and didn't want to say anything. Started, excuse me, crying immediately when my wife asked her about it. I'm like, Charlotte, what did you do? She's like, well, I, I don't want to talk about it. And then she starts crying and I was like, Oh God, so the next day, um, and my contact, my contact, my wife's contact, the school has right. So they'll they'll call us if something happens. Mm -hmm. So I get a call. It's the assistant principal on my phone, and I'm like, okay, I'm at work. I don't have time to deal with this. Let me call Kira and see what happened. I said, hey, did the assistant principal call you? No. Huh. So she left me a message. She said, hey, this is such and such. Uh, I'd like to, your daughter was involved in an incident yesterday. Uh, where she had some confrontation with some boys. Um, if you could please call me back so we can discuss this further. So I'm like, oh, so you're calling dad, right? So if you fast forward a little bit, I posted that on Facebook, which my, most of my posts are public. There's a reason they're public because they're for the public. And I said, you know, my daughter kicked some boys' butts, like literally kicked some boys' butts. Um, you know, next time I guess she's going to have to hit them a little bit harder so they don't talk. <laughs> and I'm like, because if they're tattletaling, because I asked, she finally told me that. She goes, well, they didn't tell until we went inside. And I'm like, oh, okay, something didn't go right. Well, they wait till it's safe. Yeah, <laughs> something wasn't in their favor. And um, so whenever the, since the principal called, she's like, what happened? She's like, well, evidently Charlotte and them, they were playing games. And she said that <clears throat> she was trying to defend one of her friends because these boys were trying to hurt her. And Charlotte tried to tell him no, and then they didn't want to listen, so she ends up just kicking him. And she that's her preferred method. She's a very good grappler. She can hold people down, and she likes to play soccer, just like her dad. So kicking, that's number one that's going to come up. So she whacks him twice, and the kids run off and cry, and they're like yeah, afraid so of her. Yeah, I was like, good job. I'm like, <laughs> luckily she didn't jump on top of him and choke him out. Yeah, yeah. That would have been, been a little bit worse. So when a teacher talked to her, and I, what my wife had told her is like, hey, 
first of all, if it's not Charlotte's fault, she's not apologizing. That's mm-hmm. from my wife. And I said, I agree completely. Yeah. So we discussed that with the principal and the principal's like, well, yeah, I, I agree. So there, they were totally, if it's in self-defense, it's acceptable. Um, not that it's acceptable to strike kids and people right. hitting each other, but they're like, Hey, that's, you know, and I'm like, well, thank God. And thank God you guys address them as mm-hmm. like boys and girls and not some other like gender fluid or some shit. <laughs> God, so I'm like, there's yeah, so much, it is, but there's, I'm like, there's so much stuff that these kids don't know yeah. that you need to address with them. So it turns out I was like, I asked Charlotte, she's like, well, I kicked him. I was like, did you punch him? No. Did you, did you do anything else? No, I just kicked him. I feel bad. I want to apologize. I'm sorry. So I'm like, whoa, 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 let's back up because I run an anti-bullying program here. I'm like, did you bully these kids? <laughs> and she's like, well, no, they were trying to hurt my friend. I was like, what were they doing? She's like, well, I don't know. They were just trying to hurt my friends. And I'm like, ah, uh-huh. you don't know why you kicked them, do you? And yeah. she kind of basically kind of said, well, no, they're being mean. And then turns out, I think I got to the bottom of it, is she does not like playing tag. Because she's like, I can't catch everybody. Because she's oh, like, all right. So, but so I'll kick she is yeah, no, kick the shit out of them. They can hobble around. Never, she has never. That's actually good. You she hobble them. Good yeah, strategy. Catch them. Well, she has never came up and just kick someone. She never yeah, came up, push yeah, someone, yeah. or hit someone. That I've seen the teachers seen. They all when they did their investigation, they found that out. And I was like, so what you've had to have done? These boys had to keep pestering her to play the game or start. And I'm like, oh. That's a different story. You keep antagonizing Charlotte. She's going to come back and try to kick your ass. That's that's going to happen 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So that's essentially, I think, what had happened. So uh, she had told them no, and they didn't want to stop it. And I was like, no. Well, I'm standing behind her again. Well, no, but that's good because, you know, at least there's there's something behind her no. You know, it's not yeah, just like. She, she's the, like, like, you know what I was saying? Learn to train so there's more than hope behind your no. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about exactly. Charlotte's fucking no. That's like, she's very coming. inspirational. Yeah. Where'd you learn that? I saw it on a post somewhere. Somebody was trying it. to. No, somebody was I trying. I saw it on a poster. No, <laughs> yeah, because it was like one of those. <laughs> it was a jujitsu ad. It was like, you know. Have more than hope behind more your than nose. More rape whistle behind your Yeah, because I'll keep a rape whistle on me. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck on my black boy. It stays in my pocket. So, speak, so speaking about bullying, have you guys been following uh, Gordon Ryan bullying all these Brazilians around? Uh, a little bit, man. That's And, I, and then the latest post of he's done with Guy, he wants to do MMA. Yeah, but he hasn't I'm, done any. Well, he hasn't done it. Yeah, he's well, that, that was it. He's like, it's just too boring. And what my one of my coworkers reminded me of today is like what happens next month, the combat jiu-jitsu tournament. And he's going against Verdum. He's going against Verdum. Yes, Verdoom. yes. I cannot wait to see Now, uh, Josh uh, Barnett has been added yeah. to it, and then Vinny Magalesh. So, so it's, a like, four man bracket it's a four-man for, bracket. Yeah. And, and that's evidently a, Gordon that's a, that's and Verdum uh, are matched up, I guess, in the first round. I knew they were fighting. Yeah. So then you got Barnett so, and uh, uh, Magalesh. In the in the other round, so that that's I was like, well, we'll we'll see how it goes there. That that, that could be an eye opener. But Verdun's a freaking and he's like, Verdun already posted that he wants to knock him he's out with some champ- slaps. You yeah, know? Verdun's so. no his jujitsu no fucking joke. Yeah. Like, no. That's a legit. That, see, that's the thing we were talking about, like no gi and gi and Gord, watching Gordon Ryan's matches, right? Very very dominating and no gi the way he moves around. But the one thing and it kind of concerned me the way he said it is like. I prefer Nogi. I prefer MMA. It's just more excitement to me. I said, I've fought MMA. I've done this before. I said, that's the reason. Like, if you guys listen to why I started jujitsu was because of that background in MMA. It was like that. And one of the, I want to say the biggest compliments I get when I'm rolling with people, I don't know if it's a compliment, but was like, you're so calm when we're rolling. I'm like, that's from jujitsu. I'm not worried about somebody submitting me. I'm not. And then when we add MMA to it, it's like, oh, now I can hit you. My two favorite things. <laughs> so um, 
the geese does slow everything down a bunch and that helps you get into that mindset and that that speed whether he can be able to slow somebody down to that to where he can control it when it's mma not nogi that that's what i'm waiting to see what happens with it because i think of anything that taught me how to do that it was gi training and that's the same thing like i have several guys that i train with with makako um i train with charles Oliveira, uh all the guys from like shoot box that have done really well all trained in the gi the see, number of nogi training we you. do we do very little nogi training we'll do mma we'll do gi and this but is my not much no gi. this is my argument and this is why we've been getting into it about the gi no gi thing and my argument has been gi is your base and you can transition from gi to no gi very quickly but you cannot transition from no gi to gi it is not not it's, as well it it it's it's more i think it's i always say 50 percent, but probably more like 75 percent of the game there's 25 percent that you're like well, what about collar chokes and that's not what i'm talking about it's learning the because the gi changes the angles on the attack and that's the portion that i think you're missing with no gi where you're 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 basically just trying to attach to the body and not looking through it like i try to teach when i'm teaching gi because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use lapels to offset balance and everything like that if you can figure out how to do that in no gi or mma either it be a strike or it be a post there's different ways to do that so it mm-hmm. does convert so yeah i'm if I had to choose like a good background to be, I would definitely one also because the gi is free cardio. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen on Facebook where I posted Bay resistance training. Yeah, well, that's a cardio and resistance yeah. training. If you see on Facebook where I posted some of these heart rate monitor shots, because I found one that actually fits that I can wear when I'm training, mm-hmm. and I've done it with no gi and I've done it with gi, and it was like about thirty percent difference, and I was like, holy shit! Um, and it looks like if you were to come on and walk, watch me on the mat. No gi, you would think I was spazzing out. Gi, you're like, he's just sitting there chilling. Sitting there chilling with a heart rate of about 160, spazzing out about 120. Hmm. That's what's there. Because you're moving and you're kind of like, it, it's different. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I said from a training aspect, I think the gi is a much, it, it's more efficient. I think it teaches details. I think it teaches yeah. uh, and things like in, in no gi, you could get away with lacking details and, and having athleticism. Yeah. Right? And I heard you guys talking about before about, well, foot locks different things in no right. gi. we train all of those foot locks and gi heel hooks straight ankle locks all of that in gi mm. then we'll transition it to no gi um that's how i was taught and it was like well heel hooks and gi that's just people don't do that we all do that so um it sucks because you have infinite amount more friction and it makes it really really hard to get your leg out um so you start to learn the escape techniques a little bit quicker before they set them in to lock them in um, and that was my, fr- I remember train actually when I was first training with Sam, we were doing all of them just like, uh, Eddie Bravo style, like rash guard, key pants. Key pants yeah. yeah. And if that's, that's what kills me about Eddie Bravo. He's all like, I'm no gi. Then we're like shorts. Spats. <laughs> no, no. I'm wearing my gi pants. Why? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they look cool, but they're definitely an advantage. Well, yeah, so. for sure. But yeah. Uh, my only gripe was this, is that the whole no-gi-gi thing, I don't agree with, you know, you're saying that you made a, I, I guess last week you said something to the effect of you don't see a lot of success, you see a lot of success from the guy that goes from a gi to no-gi, but not the same a success from a guy that went from no-gi to gi. And my thing is like, I'll give you two small examples. Um, Coach Dave Acosta that we train with at Henzo's and then, you know, Harry um, from the dark side. Harry comes to every open mat. He puts on his goddamn, um, and, you know, you could, Harry's 
one of Victor's guys. You know that they're known for their leg locks. But he comes in, he puts on the gi, and he fucking murks people in the gi. You know what they started then, right? Harry and Dave. Yeah, Dave. yeah. They started off with well, yeah. uh, with Victor under they no, with uh, yeah with Macaco. Yeah, because that's both gi. So that's one thing I didn't know is that they're they're like that closely. They came up together yeah. through the same kind of ranks and stuff, yeah. like as far as Macaco and all that, but. That was the only thing that I kind of took exception with. I just feel like I don't know if that I agree. The, if you look at the, if you look at the, when I said that, what I was referring to is you look at the world class level. You will see world class guys in gi crushing people, and winning world titles, taking the gi off, going to ADCCs and crushing people and taking titles. You don't see people who crush people no gi put a gi but specifically I, no gi first, then put on a gi and start crushing people in gi. You don't you don't see. I it. I agree a hundred percent with that. But what my whole but. Most of them, it's not so much they, I don't think they can. They have no desire to do it. I mean, I've, I've maybe yet so, to but I still, say, I still say you see someone who takes a, puts a gi on, puts the amount of effort they put into gi to be a world champion, and they can take the gi off and still be a world champion right. in no gi against people who only train no gi. Yeah, but you were talking, again, so I guess what we need to separate is you're coming at it from a, 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 yeah, a from world, world level. Class yeah, and see, for me, I look at it on a smaller scale. I feel like... If I roll with Harry and he fucking murks me in the gi, then I don't give a shit if he's doing majority no gi and then he puts on the gi once when in a you while. Roll with you know, Harry, I don't know. You have to. Harry's pretty good, and he's also if you look at his stature, he uses his body very well mm -hmm. when he rolls. And I rolled with him a couple. Okay, times. well let's take him off the table. What about Coach Dave? Coach Dave is a fucking murderer, and he does almost. He puts a gi on tough to teach the kids class, but for right. the most part, he's a no gi guy. Right, but if you're with and I don't want to get into inside baseball with rolling with our, our yeah, partners, yeah. but you know, yeah, his game is, you can definitely feel it's a no gi based game. Mm -hmm. And but you can defeat that. You can defeat that. I think you can defeat people with that who, who do that. Mostly you can definitely defeat them with good grips and good technique. Like it, you just can. And Dave's a beast. I and mean, he just won his last match in like 10 seconds. It was a no gi match, yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, he's a beast, but I, I do think, you know, I just think that gi is the base. And if you're good at gi, it doesn't take much for you to be good at nogi because you transition your grips. It's simple. You transition from grabbing a, a lapel to grabbing the neck. You transition from grabbing the sleeve to grabbing the wrist. You transition See, from grabbing here to grabbing the back of the tricep. The grips are the same once you translate it uh, from gi to nogi. The grips are yeah. the same. It's just the speed is faster. I had success. I did four years nogi with Forrest mm -hmm. at Elite. Then I, he made me put the gi on, and I had... <laughs> See, she disagrees with you as well. So, I know, right? Yeah, he's like, no, that's not what that's what <laughs> so happened. That's three to one. <laughs> no, but like, so I had success when I got in the gi, but it was in reverse. It was because I didn't make grips when I started in the gi. Yeah. My style but threw what, people what off because was I, was, I, was at, I was a white belt, but I'd been training for four years, yeah. no gi. So when I put the gi on, it's, all my grips remember, were you're very- you still developing all your, like, you can't really, I don't, this is belt shaming, but it doesn't count below brown belt. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's everybody, like, so some people you don't know if they're still working on parts of their game or they're developing different shit or they, when they say they go to competition, I don't think people really know what that means. Like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to compete, but like, what have you been training to do to compete? Have you well rounded your game or are you starting to play this side? Are you playing, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's hard. And, and, it, and that's why I, I do consider it kind of putting me in a belt category because they may not be well-rounded to that next next level. Now, if you've got, let's just go to say, to, and it's hard to say with black belt, because if it's no gi, traditionally you don't have a belt ranking. 
but let's say you've been doing no-gi grappling for eight years and you've got somebody that's been doing BJJ for eight years and you put them together and you make them go no-gi and you make them go gi. That's, that would be more to me to see like kind of how, where things play out. Um, and I would say it's just average person, not saying world class has got and world class is usually more from your training partners is how you get brought up and mm -hmm. built. Um, just average gyms or different gyms and put them together. I would almost always give the gi guy an advantage. Interesting. You see, see what I, I mean, you've got to, I, I would have to, cause I have to have very similar like specimens to work with. You couldn't kind of, I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare somebody that's just trained at one place and at this level, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it makes it difficult. And that's, that's how I try to teach the guys. Cause I'm like, there's things with no gi that definitely don't translate to gi. Um, from coming from a wrestling background, they, they, they just don't. Um, and one of them being like using invisible pressure. Like with the gi, we're always taught to make grips. We're not a lot of times taught to go, we're kind of taught to go through people, but not specifically. I've never, like when I was under, when I was with Makako all the time, never at one point in time did he explain pressure like diagonally through a person. It was always grab the grip here, grab the grip there, kind of use the key, pull it back in. And I'm like, no, we're not touching any of that. We're just using our body weight. So there, there is differences that, that are there. But again, it, it kind of depends on how you, how you train it. See, I, got, I, I look at it. I think like if you, like you said in that example, if you had two guys, one specifically a gi guy, one specifically a no gi, and you do that, right? Let's mm -hmm. put them in gi and then let's put them in no gi. Fuck, man, that's... That's a tough one because I feel like um, now you would have to be but now would you know have to what be a school that trains leg attacks also because there's a lot of guys like and the rule set would definitely have to come into play. Yeah, I, I would, yeah. I, I don't. I'm of the uh, no rule set rule set. Okay, but I'm like if you want to heel hook in the gi, heel hook in the gi. I think the no gi guy, oh, obviously, if you're a no gi, he's going to beat the traditional guy. What's he going to beat him with though? I think. Well, just, if you had to pick, just random. Random Here's what match. I what okay. Would be the finishing move. I think it's going to be something untraditional, most likely some sort of leg attack. He's going to catch the traditional guy because, as you know, with you being the exception, the way you teach, most gyms don't even start implementing leg locks to the brown belt level. Right. So uh, I not, think that not, I would say probably a solid ninety-five percent. Right. So I think that the no gi guy definitely will hand the gi guy his ass in no gi. Yeah, and they probably won't get the finish the next match because he fucked his leg up. But yeah, but then if, guys, well, I don't know, if you're talking about two guys that have trained eight years, just because someone's trained primarily gi doesn't mean they don't know leg attacks. Like that's that's crazy. No, 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 no I think I'm it is safe if, to if, say because we think were learning leg not, attacks freaking after a year. Again, yeah, you, but, but we were different because we were with Forrest, and Forrest was teaching us shit as white belts that nobody else was doing. Like you didn't see that in the in the regular elite classes. They weren't teaching. You guys came leg from locks. what I did. It. Elite was a jujitsu school, but at the same time as an MMA school. Yeah, it was both. Right. So we don't really count because we had work. We were an actual mixed martial arts academy. Mm -hmm. Elite being under Eric, had good wrestling background, different stuff. It, it we tarnished the, the pot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you came up from a a regular, uh, like man, it's even hard to say what a regular school is now. But and you don't want to throw out certain names, but there are certain schools that we know don't train anything with legs at all. Um, they go by strict IBJJF rules. We're right. not doing this. And like I said, just last night, I have three people under 14 that we're doing heel hooks with. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I don't know. That's, we just, if it's there, we're going to use it. 
now the then we teach the rules like hey can't do this to such and such and mm-hmm. hopefully you remember that when we go out there and you don't get right. cued but but like you're saying traditionally yeah if you don't train the legs and some and you just watch it like ken shamrock like when he was fighting he was just murdering dudes with leg attacks yeah. he had no clue what the hell they were so yeah i i see that point of it but if you had so you would say a leg attack with that now if you take the legs out of play who would win in a nogi nogi match I still would edge. I still would probably lean towards a no gi guy, only because I just feel like, all right, I'm gonna catch some shit for this. But I feel like guys that primarily train no gi are always gonna be way more explosive, mm-hmm. way more dynamic, no, I, I and they're gonna be fucking that. ferocious. Yeah, gi guys tend to be soft as fuck because we get comfortable with our fucking grips and we can slow people down. So I think that. But even if you're slow and you're soft like that, are you able to defend? Yeah. Well, the so likely that, you'll be able to. Yeah. This is where I disagree with you. And I'll tell you why I disagree with you. And, and you can tell me your opinion. Um, the thing about the gi is, and that's why I keep going back to details. You have to learn. You can't get away with cheating so much in the gi. You have, your details have to be on point. You have to learn good for defense, especially. Like if someone gets a hold of you, your defense has to be on point to get out of stuff. In yeah. no gi, slide out of shit all day long as long as you got basic fundamentals and with with your defense and protecting your limbs and stuff it's easy to slide out of shit and gi if someone gets a decent grip on you gets a decent hold of you you might you're in trouble um but the better it creates having that gi it just it creates a mindset i think of it's you were more hyper in my opinion being in the gi you have to be more hyper focused on every detail that's happening versus Nogi, because in Nogi you can get away with being a little more athletic. You can get away with, yeah, my arm long, my arm's out, but I can take a little bit of damage and still slide it right out because he, there's nothing to hold it other than his hands. And if I've got any kind of physical strength at all, I can I can rip it out pretty. I can kind of rip it out a lot of times, take a little damage, but I'll be I'll live through the match. I'll be fine. A gi, good luck ripping it out right with all that friction and how and holding the gi, holding the sleeve, doing all that stuff. What I'm saying is I just you have to be more detailed and you have to be your techniques have to be more on point in the gi. And I think when you learn that way, when you transition to no gi, your techniques and, st- and, and everything that you do in the no gi is going to be a little more on point than people who don't, who never put a gi on. Because they've gotten away with cheating for a lot longer. And I but say you cheating, keep using that word cheat. I don't, I don't understand. What I said by cheating is about using athleticism, using you, those, attributes, basically. Using not your cheating. attributes. Yeah. To, Use your attributes, but what do we learn? What do we learn in jujitsu? When if you start using your attributes more in the learning technique, it holds you back in the long yeah. run because yeah. your technique gets shortened, and those attributes at a certain level aren't really they don't help you out very much anymore when you get to a certain level. Um, and so when you're doing that in nogi and it's lasting you even longer, maybe most of your nogi career, your attributes kind of help you out. I, I just think it holds you back, and I think if you're a gi person that also trains nogi. You're not. You're not going to have that. You're gonna. You're not going to be. Li- you're not going to be relying on your attributes nearly as much because you're focused on always using technique to to defend and using technique to finish. If that makes sense. To that's that's my <coughs> opinion on it. And that's how. That's kind of the way I feel about it. Well, it's funny when he reads out. Just, just a white belt question that came across. Oh, you know what? We might want to transition into some oh, dear white belts. Yeah. Um, we got, yeah. We got. Okay, we'll so finish we'll finish this up. I will say this. I think that um, 
they complement each other extremely well, and you should be training both. That's oh, 100%. 100%. we may not agree on the ratio, but I think we can agree that you should be training you both. Be well just rounded. because you know you should be training both. But I wanted to ask you something before before we get going again, because um, we were talking about your Facebook being you know public and mm-hmm. and just competing. You had a post a few weeks back, maybe a little bit longer, where you had said something to the effect. I'm paraphrasing, um, but it was something kind of like where. If your coach or your professor is not competing, I remember you got all pissed about this. I didn't get pissed. Oh, I just was like, a, I remember. I read it. And I was spot. like, I was like, this motherfucker. But and, then I was like, both got mad. I was thinking yeah. about what you said, and I was like, it just it stuck with me, you know, because it it only struck a nerve because it was right around the time where we were going back and forth about the gauntlet. You know, he felt like gauntlet. It's it's a traditional thing. It's it's a rite of passage. I looked at it more like that's just some bullshit as bullying hazing. So fuck that. Huh? I don't even want to imagine. But I know I sound like a bitch right now since you went well, through the samurai test I, and all I, that. But that's why the gauntlet. I'm like, we we every place I've been, it's been an option. You See, you're gonna do it. But you sure say that. Me. Okay. You say that, but it's not an option because no, here's we've had one. people that said I'm not gonna do it. And we're like, no shit, because cool. that was one of the things we talked about was that elite was so big that yeah, I see you said it. You know what? Compare that to so when we so we go through. We get certified using taser as a police officer. Oh. So here's the thing. It's optional. Like They don't require you. But if you, you don't do it. But if you don't do it, you're a bitch. Yeah. And see, that was kind of my thing exception because I felt like, wait a minute. So you're saying that if someone chose not to go to the gauntlet, that puts an asterisk next to that belt. Like you didn't really earn it because you didn't go through the gauntlet. That's not why you got the belt. And but Okay. But that's kind of where I, I, the whole thing was right around the same time. Cause, and then I was like, well, wait a minute. So if you're not competing, then you shouldn't. We just kind of elaborate on that. Like, what yeah. were, help me understand kind so, of where your, your point um, was. With if that. you're not competing, so perfect example is like the same thing as like the guy saying, "Hey, you know, um, I could kick so and so's ass." Okay. Like, you know, I'm gonna get a fight. Or if, if if this happened to me at a bar, I'd do this, bro. You're not gonna do that. You're gonna get fucked up. But I'm a man. So, but and I've been training jujitsu for 20 years. I've never competed. So you're telling me this entire time, your students or your instructor are the ones that have been pushing you. And do you think that, and I, I mean, I, I'm talking coming from competitive MMA background in the room, in the room, like in, you know, training in shoot box with guys that are trying to fucking kill you. They're not trying to kill you. They're training with you. They're trying, I mean, even when you're mad at somebody, you're going hard. That hard's like 80%. Whenever you get on the competition mat, you, you've you both guys competed. You know what it's like? You're like white belt style. Like you go out there and you grab somebody's lapels. How long does it take your hands to get tired? About five seconds. You're yeah. like, ah, death grip. Yeah. Have you ever had that in the academy? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had your professor do that in the academy? No, that's what I'm talking about. So it's like you have to, that that adrenaline dump, it's almost impossible to replicate oh, it's outside so of that. So if you're not competing and you're teaching this bullshit, they're like, oh, you can do this, I'm going to do this, and 15 different mo-. No, you're going to get tired and get fucked up. Like, I, I mean... It's one of those where you try it and try it. You have to have, that's why I say it has to be competition tested. You have to be like, if I'm exhausted, I can still do this. How do you know? I've been exhausted in a comp- competition atmosphere with somebody trying to kill me with the additional pressure of everybody watching. That doesn't happen in the academy. That, that's, that's my point on it. Um, are there some people out there that are way, and this is where some people got butt hurt because they're like, well, if your coach doesn't train, and I said at the same time, it makes it very difficult for a coach to recognize what will work under stress and what won't. Um, everything I've done professionally from with what I, so I said I do engineering. I also used to do a lot of formal safety rescue work. 
um, that same stuff. If you don't test that under emergency situations, you have no idea if that shit works. Yeah. You can try to tell them, and, but whenever everything, when it's dark and there's fire everywhere, you have no fucking clue. You're like, I'm freaking out. So that's what your students are going to do. So I try to convey, usually mostly come from losses of what happened or where it went wrong of, of you know, places like that. If you always win, I think that's the same thing. There's a lot of guys that are just win everything and are horrible coaches. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been to those. And you're like. Yeah, I've been to one or two of those seminars. Oh, God. This guy, yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm done. So that's what I was saying. I, I think you, you, you have to stress test everything. There's nothing I don't work with that we don't try to stress test. And the ultimate stress is a competition environment So, and or the bar. <laughs> just depends so um yeah that was that was kind of where that came from yeah no it wasn't, I, it wasn't a shout out to like hey your coach doesn't he hasn't comp and, and what's funny is there's another uh person that just competed this last weekend at the event down in uh, webster um who's one of their students says oh my guy hasn't he hasn't competed in like several years and he doesn't still there's so much stuff going on that you have no idea about why your coach hasn't competed have you asked him probably not and if, if he if you asked him, do you think he'd honestly tell you why he hasn't competed? Some of them are like, I don't feel comfortable competing right now. I want to work on my game. But you're a black belt. You're supposed to be. Bro, I'm still working on my game. Or I want to like work on my conditioning. I want to do something else. Or I don't feel like competing. I competed a couple years ago. I might compete two years from now. Who knows? So it's not one of those things where I'm saying you have to compete. Or you should question your coach if they used to compete and they don't compete. Or now they're actively competing. Like they have to prove something. It's up to them individually, but at the same time, I want to make sure that they have the best interest for the students there. So that's why I kind of put it on myself. I have to compete like, you know, every 12 months or every 16 months or something like that. And then that's the only other reason I haven't fought MMA again is because I can't fit it into my schedule. Like if I could, my wife probably doesn't want me to, but I would still do it. So. No, but I like that stress test. That actually makes yeah, a lot I mean, of sense. Yeah. It's it's a it's a proven technique. Like that that once you do there's because there, you know, there's stuff you'll find that'll break or stuff that doesn't work, and you're like, man, I didn't even see that coming until I got there. And then there's some that I like. I had a, a particular uh, takedown I was working on. I hit it uh, my second year at Master Worlds, and that was my whole goal for the entire thing to make sure this thing worked and hit it perfectly. My brother got a good picture of it. I was like, hell yeah, well, we can teach this thing because I was like. This shit doesn't seem like it works, but it works on white belts. It works on blue belts, purple belts. I hit it on one black belt, and I'm like, I don't think it's going to work in competition. <laughs> and that dude caught some serious air. So I was like, <laughs> that shit works. Yes. So it's just a matter of like, you know, that, that's that's where I try to test everything. Like you that. know what? There's something to be said about that, too, when you're teaching. Uh, and you've competed, and you've dealt with that. You've dealt with that pressure and the stress and yeah. what it feels like. So when you're teaching a technique or you have students that are competing and even when you go coach students that are competing, you, you've been there, you've maybe been there recently, you know what they're experiencing and you can see things more clearly when you're coaching them at that point. Cause you know, Hey, I ain't gonna try no stupid shit now. Yeah. Like we're going to stick I, to those fundamentals and you're going to coach them through that. If you don't haven't competed and yeah, you go to the gym and we have fun, right? And you'll yeah. try some crazy shit and it'll work or you'll be able to pull some stuff off training that in a competition, it's going to get, it's going to get you smashed. Right. Yeah. Uh, there is definitely something to be said about that, having that experience to help your students and help your friends when you're teaching and coaching them to know what kind of how to guide them while they're, they're competing. I think that does a lot. And plus, when you're teaching them in the, in the school, teaching techniques and getting people ready for competitions, you know, hey, man, this is what you need to focus on. Stay away from this other stuff. And that's that's good to know if your coach is. That's another question that I'm going to put out there that you should ask. 
obviously coaches will go coach and help you compete, right? But you should ask them if they feel comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the prime examples that I hate coaching. Yeah. I'm like, give me your video. I'll review it. I can give you notes. I can give you hint. I, I, we can work through this. But when I go out there and live coach, I do it okay. But I'm like, this is not my forte. Like, right. I, I, so perfect example is like, as I was growing up through the belts, I am a fucking horrible coachee. Like there's several videos of Makako out there coaching me, giving me great advice. James not listening at all. George <laughs> just sitting on his, he's looking at me, he's coaching. He gets pissed, gets on his phone, starts typing, <laughs> looks back up. James, I tell you, gets on the phone. What the fuck? I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. I done pissed Makako off real <laughs> bad. Like, and then there's one, I, I it was funny cause he's yelling. Wait. And then I hit the guy with a submission and he's like, yeah, I was like, Okay, so he was paying attention to me, but yeah. I was like, because he kind of, and I'm like, George, it's no, it's no disrespect to you, but I grew up, I was pretty much legally blind um, when I wrestled and everything else. I had, I had eye surgery to correct my vision. Once that happened, everything kind of changed. But from that point in time, I'm not like where people are trying to, you know, do this or show them with your hands. I'm like, I can't fucking see what you're doing. I have no idea. I can hear your voice. It kind of blends in with everybody else. I can't see this guy. I'm trying not to die right now. Here's so funny. that's I've just now gotten to where I can hear what what's being told to me when I'm being yeah. coached. But for the longest time, people would say shit to me. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just I just heard breathe. Did somebody say breathe? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I just breathe. I got that's, that one. I got that one. That's my other coaching advice. Is that stuff that most people don't work on. And that's a good question to ask you guys. Like, can you fucking hear me when I'm up? Oh, <laughs> no, I have no idea. Sometimes what you're, you're just so in the, you're just so dying, <laughs> yeah. trying not to die. That and that's, that, I'm hoping most of Jeff Messina's guys can hear him because I, I love Jeff to death. And every time he goes to coach, about two hours into it, dude has no voice yeah because he's given and you're like i hope these guys are freaking listening man because i mean he's but if you're not you're like man i lost my voice today yeah. for no reason could yeah, you right? shit. i you know I, I like life coaching i really enjoy I, it i like I it really i just i'm it. like i'm afraid that i'm gonna be the guy that like gives them some advice and that shit shows up on youtube and yeah. you're like because i did that to one of these the one of the guys i was competing against and his coach coached him right into a straight arm lock yeah. and i'm like and my guys are like Whoa, that was pretty that bad. Sucks. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't see it coming. I, I, and they rolled with me long enough to know that shit was. And they're like, control his lapel. Oh, that was it. And it was just like, oh, sorry. So, right. so I took. Uh, this is a good time to transition to our uh, dear you, white belt segment. Did you get one? Well, you, let, you I've got one, it? but let me let me check real quick. I might have an additional <laughs> one here. So, um, yeah, we had a, we had a white belt uh, call in. We've, uh, well, I've got a couple of them that I've got. So, man, man this is hard. Dear White Belt. Yeah. Throw it out there. The Dear, Dear White, White Belt. Man. Oh, God. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'm, I'm going to try. I, All right. I'll, I'll set you guys up. <clears throat> Dear White Belt, for the love of baby Jesus, stop fucking asking when you're going to get your blue belt. <laughs> if... You want to guarantee a spot on your professor's shit list and guarantee that all the higher boats are going to fucking run through you and guarantee that you're going to probably be a white belt for two, three years because you keep asking, then by all means continue to do that. But stop asking when you're getting your blue belt because <clears throat> enjoy the journey. Enjoy that year, year and a half of those ass whoopings. If, when they feel it's, you're ready, They'll give it to you, but the last thing you want to do, and this falls right into unspoken rules, don't 
ever ask, when am I getting a stripe? When am I getting my blue belt? Because there is no faster way to get put on the slow track and be a white belt for <laughs> three to four years. So stop asking for your blue belts, white belts. That would be my dear white belt for the day. I would recommend they Billy Madison that shit and like stay as long as you can as a white belt. Fuck yeah, maybe that's yeah. actually not bad advice. <laughs> so I'm right? like, bro, don't don't do it. That's that's Be careful I, what you I, wish I had, for. I had my purple belt for a year exactly, and I'm like, I could have used that shit for about three or four more years and like coasted <laughs> that thing out. Yeah, but, um, yeah. When you get higher belts, Brown is nothing really ever. Nobody, everybody wants to kill you more and more and more. And you go higher and higher on their like bookshelf of trophies that they put up. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. The only one that I wanted that I actually was like, I want this fucking belt was my purple, and that's because when I was a four stripe blue belt, I felt the strongest I've ever felt in all of jujitsu yeah. was my my four stripe blue belt, and I wanted that purple. But when I got that purple, it was like, fuck, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I wish I was a four stripe blue belt because now it's like you felt strong, and then all of a sudden you're a purple, and it's just like you're in a weird zone, like. You're expected to kind of dominate the lower belts, but you're still okay because you're going to get tapped out by the higher belts, which is acceptable. Yeah. But it just puts you like in this weird, yeah, yeah, weird place, you know. But yeah, that was the only belt that I was like, I want that fucking purple. And then I got it and I was like, fuck, what have I done? This is not, I should have just been real quiet. That's what I said. I had one goal, and it was between me, my wife knew about it, and me, was to get my black belt before I was 40. That was it. And I never said that, never told anybody that. And if I didn't happen, I'd get it when I was later. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do this. But that put me to go into the gym all the time. So that leads me on to my dear white belt. Uh, it, it is. So dear white belts, um, don't tell me when you're coming to the gym. Just shut the fuck up and show up. <laughs> Love it. That's Just shut the fuck up and train. I have no expectations from you. I have, I'm not basing my day on if you show up to class or not. Again, like I said, when I grew up, um, sometimes there are people who come to class. Sometimes I'd show up late. Sometimes I wouldn't show up at all. I'd open the doors. I'm going to be doing shrimps. I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to work on my technique. That's what you do. You, you show up and do it. So that's a good one. Just yeah. show the fuck up and train. I like so. that. You should put that on a shirt. <laughs> Just show up. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, kind of like Kurt. We're kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. Shut the fuck up and train. Just, I don't want to hear about it. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, I'll say dear white belt. Please stop rolling with me as if you're trying out for the UFC and Dana White <laughs> is watching. Jesus, for the love of all that is holy, calm down. Like, for real. Like, why? Some of these guys, and, I, and they don't just do it with you. They'll do it with everybody. You'll see them go, and you'll just, veins are popping out. They're huffing and puffing. They stand up. Someone gets slammed in a goofy, awkward manner. You just see these grips from hell. Yeah. and. Heads turning purple, yeah. like it's and no one's getting choked. They're just heads turning purple from fucking working so hard and just straining. It's like guys, calm down. Especially when you see two, you'll see two guys that are white belts, and oh, they're just started training jujitsu, yeah. and they both want to, they want to dominate the other guy. They want to feel that, and then they're just, they have no technique. There's like no real jujitsu going on. They're just grabbing each other and trying to maul each other without hitting each other, and it's the most it's the worst thing in the world to I, watch i call that one the white belt circle of death <laughs> and I, exactly I, we've actually right. taught the white belt circle of death takedown there is a takedown and that's i watch one of my girls go against a bigger girl that looks like that and they both locked up and they're like spinning around <laughs> and shit ain't happening i'm like oh god yes that's a good one white belt circle of death. It is i like circle that death move. that's it's, a pretty good one yeah uh, all right man well i guess we'll uh so you didn't bring your gear today 
I did not bring my gi today. I did, Broke our tradition. I did squats for lunch, man. Broke so our tradition. Was, yeah, I don't know what. See? I didn't know. I did squats for lunch. You guys are just down the street. What time is your class? 630. 630. 630. Yeah, Dude, Brian will have a gi. Brian will have a gi. There's like a thousand gis up there. I'm sure somebody should. You can borrow one of his black belts. He's got like five of them sitting up there. Give me a white belt, though. <laughs> no, we yeah, ain't doing that. that. Don't, don't be that blue guy. Blue belt. I'll, I'll, I, that's what I told some of the guys. No, like, it's I even worse to put a, a blue belt on. I want to have a traveling blue belt. Like this is my like. I'm not be like do like many expectations. Yeah, be like Elio Gracie wear a blue belt. Yeah, that was his favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> any um, any yeah, shout, shout outs? Out. Or um, yeah, follow I'd, you. Like I said, I'd like to give a big shout out to my wife Kira, who helps me, supports me, and everything. Sponsored by Fuji. I want to thank them for their geese. The guys over at Radical Firearms helped me out quite a bit. Oh man, awesome. It's so. one of the brown belts <laughs> yeah, works there. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else? I got Sky at Unity Taekwondo. And, Very cool. Uh, Tony Concepcion, our Muay Thai coach. Very cool. Yeah. Anywhere people who want to follow you on your gram and your Facebook? Uh, yeah, I am on uh, Instagram under Markle BJJ, on Facebook under James Markle. Like I said, most of my posts are public and sometimes entertaining, sometimes not. I don't know. <laughs> so, I, I like them. No, I, like I said, I try to say it like it is. So. Yeah. Well, try not to get fired while I'm doing it. <laughs> just real quick, I want to uh, say happy birthday to my girl, Lisa. Today's her birthday. She actually turned the dirty 30. Dang. She officially can uh, sign up for Masters this year. Oh, shit. So that's there you be go. Fun. You got anything? You want to say anything to anybody particular? Nope. Uh, Maybe just, your wife? Uh, no, she knows I love her. I don't have to tell her every two seconds. Maybe you should. Maybe. <laughs> no, but let's get out of here. I got to go choke some people. Cool. Um, love to have you join us, but I understand, brother. I remember when I wasn't dedicated. Well, we'll see you so. open mat anyway. Yeah, I know. We'll see you we'll always, we'll always see you open mat. So. That was down. fun, man. All right, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. This was episode 17. 17. I'll try to remember Three that more till 20. Oh, <sighs> I did have one thing before yes. we cut off. Yes. February 9th, Big Jitsu. Oh, yeah. I even wrote that down. Big text. Big Jitsu. Yeah. That's if you got some, some fat dudes or... Muscular oh, or whatever. I just talked to Ross bucks. about. I was literally just talking to Ross about Perfect. you on Sunday because yeah. I told him I was like, dude, I don't even want to imagine what it must be like. I know I'm a black, but I know he's a purple, There's but he could pick me up and destroy me. Out there that so. just hide out and don't train. They train, but nobody will roll with them except yep. for that bad boy. And it's it's quite the. So what? When when is the big jitsu? February 9th, I believe. And is it going to be at? It's at Revolution Dojo okay. in Katy. Okay, so that's Jeff and Cena's place. Yes, Chris Roberson's hosting it over there for us. What, what's the requirement? Two hundred pounds and a hug. Just two hundred. So. You're right there. You can eat a couple biscuits. You I'm like at one ninety. You can you weigh eat with a couple the biscuits. Gi. You got to weigh in. Uh, we do te- keep track of weight. So. Do one water cheese, cheeseburger. Like I'm mean, telling you, you can make it. In. I could make it if I fucked that man. It took me forever just to get down to one ninety. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I just have to make it too. Yeah. Uh, it just sounds like a good time. But yeah, cool, man, man, we definitely were promoting you guys yes, on Sunday. Yes, yes. So that's I told awesome. Ross to show up. So. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's that's definitely. We got a couple other guys that definitely would, uh, yeah. I think might enjoy. They've that. tried to do a small jitsu, but nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of like, like uh, that's a regular open that's mat. Normal. Yeah. <laughs> what was the guy? The Mighty Mouse. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Dimitri, Best yeah. fucking. He had to go to pound for pound. Asia yeah, for we got girls and we got big jitsu. The rest yeah. is just show up. Everybody else, yeah, that's cool, man. All right, guys, that was fun. Thanks, man. We'll see you. Thank you. I guess we'll see you Sunday. Sunday Yeah, I will definitely be there Sunday. All right, man. Well, peace out. We'll uh, let's keep going, and uh, I guess some of us are gonna go train. Some of us are gonna gonna train tonight. It's her birthday night, man. Oh shit! We already celebrated. Dude, you don't understand how women work, dude. It's a birthday (laughs) month. It's not a. It's like we have a birthday five minutes. Women have a birthday month. You have the pre-birthday month, post-birthday month. It's my birthday weekend. I'm like, your birthday's like on Tuesday. What are you talking about? I've even had the, them pull the 